Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. Today we have Sam Taylor on the podcast, and she's a former middle school science teacher and also the author of the Coding Workbook. So I'm so excited to talk to her about her book and also just about coding and, and why it's important for students to learn how to code. So welcome, Sam. Hi, Tori. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited that you reached out and um, we've been able to connect on social media and I've been able to kind of peep up what you're, um, what you're doing and um, I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's been great to connect. Yeah. So um, let's hear a little bit about yourself. What's your story? Yeah, my story. Um, my story starts back when I was um, a middle school science teacher. So right out of college, I started teaching. Um, I taught sixth grade life science for a few years and then transitioned to more of like an instructional coach role. Um, but so I taught for maybe four years. And while I was a middle school teacher, I was actually in Las Vegas teaching middle oh, school wow. science. Yeah. Um, while I was teaching, I was also getting my master's in curriculum design and instruction from UNLV, actually down right, right near Las Vegas Strip. Um, but yeah, so I was doing my master's there. And while I was doing my master's, I also was kind of, well, I was finishing up my master's and I then decided to teach myself how to code. Oh, cool. One of those, it was one of those things where it's, you always hear about coding and always curious about it. And I just kind of followed my curiosity to sign up for a few um, computer science classes, just as something to do on the weekends. Um, I was, I was living in Las Vegas by myself. I didn't really know too many people. And so I was able to occupy my time kind of going to Barnes and Noble on the weekend and really diving into different coding classes, which was really fun. That is really cool. Did you decide to just move out to Las Vegas for the teaching job? Yeah. So it was part of a Teach for America. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I did that for a few, two years. And then I, I stayed for a few more years, which was um, just a personal choice because I loved working where I was working. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, because it, Las Vegas was, I actually really enjoyed living there. Um, most people think of Las Vegas and they think of the Strip, but it actually has um, a really great downtown area. More locals live there. It's kind of where you see most of the the local people hang out rather than, you know, going yeah. you know, down to the Strip. I've, I've heard like that Las Vegas is actually pretty like close knit. The people yeah. that live there year round yeah. are um, like, it's a pretty like tight community and in close neighborhoods and everything like that. Yeah. And people are very um, proud and they of living there and just kind of making sure that people take it seriously. Mm -hmm. I found it's a lot of people in Las Vegas like to change the narrative of, you know, just it being the strip, yeah. which is cool to see. It's very, uh, it's very up and coming as they might say. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, so after living in Las Vegas, I moved to the Bay Area, and I decided to kind of take a step back from the classroom, and I switched to uh, working in tech, oh, and cool. I was 
Yeah. And so in a, you know, my background was in curriculum design. And so now I'm working as an instructional designer. So I do technical curriculum development for different tech companies. So it's really, um, it's really a nice marriage between writing curriculum and also working in tech and getting to learn different technical skills and yeah. turning into did I focus on e-learning so you know just e-courses you know like edX if you'd taken a some sort of Udemy class that's kind of what I build and that's cool so like you're really busy right now <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah the e-learning has really taken off and I see a lot of companies really doubling down on that because you know most companies will have trainers that can go out and train people on how to implement their software, but right now they can't. And so really putting a lot of, a lot of uh, effort into creating good digital learning content is something Mm -hmm. that I've seen really happen a lot. I honestly think like that kind of learning is here to stay too, because it's just so convenient. Mm -hmm. You know, like I had a meeting yesterday with someone and from the looks of like where he was in front of his windows and from the looks of where he was, it looked like maybe he was in like summer warm and I was like, yeah. oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh I'm here God. in the Northeast, like really cold, <laughs> but I'm going to live vicariously through your windows. <laughs> yeah. And they can just take it anywhere. It's yeah. It's, so cool. Yeah. And it, I love that it's, you know, it's self-paced, which is something that's so critical. Mm-hmm. Um, people can take a break when they need to and rewatch things if they need to. Um, yeah, it's, it's really been a a great way to kind of use the things that I've learned and make sure that it's a really good experience, even for adults, you know? Mm -hmm. So do you focus on building the curriculum for adults or is it e-learning for students or is it like a combo of both? Yeah, right now, uh, the company I work at is for adults. It's uh, just a tech software. And so basically, um, for developers, if they want to use the software, I do, you know, video recordings and screen recordings and screenshots of just kind of walking through how to implement the software. And oh, so, cool. yeah. And it's nice because, um, I get to really just learn every three to four months I take on a new project and I get to learn something new. So it's, I'm always learning. It's always fun. Um, but yeah, that sounds exciting. So what led you to writing the coding workbook? Yeah. So when I switched into tech, I found that there was this hole in my heart for creating content for, you know, new learners, especially, you know, learners that were really starting at the beginning from square one. And I was in the middle of teaching myself web development. And so I started blogging actually about different coding tutorials for beginners, for people who had never written a line of code before and I would write all these different every week I would write a coding tutorial and post it on my blog it was oh, called Tech cool. Talk code at the time yeah it it was a really great outlet because it still allowed me to kind of use language that I would have used more geared towards a middle school high school curriculum and you know audience mm-hmm. but I was also able to kind of do it more professionally because I had learned how to do it for more of like the business side in the corporate world. So it was really a great way to create content and still get that connection and teach what I wanted to teach. And so I I found myself just doing that all the time in my spare time. And so that blog was 
that blog was, you know, I, I had been writing it for two years. And then what happened was I had my first layoff in the tech world. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it happens. And so I found myself for, you know, three or four months looking for a job. But while I was looking for a job, I was actually applying to some CS teaching roles and just different positions. And one of the CS or computer science teacher roles that I had been applying for, I talked with the principal and I asked him, I was like, you know, what curriculum do you have for a computer science teacher? Uh, or is it kind of, you know, a free for all because that, that can totally happen. And <laughs> yeah. the, the principal was like, Oh yeah, it's really just, we don't have curriculum. It's just up to the teacher to kind of do make it what they want. And, you know, me having been a teacher and hearing, make it what you want. There's no curriculum. Um, it's both exciting and kind of terrifying, right? Yep. I can totally relate. That's how, like, I created the Steam Lab from scratch. And it's so great that they were like, yeah, you can really build it into what you would like it to be. But at the same time, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's, There's a it's lot like, of possibilities here. <laughs> the world is your oyster, but sometimes that can be really intimidating, especially when you care so much and you want to do such a great job. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm glad you can relate because it was when I heard that I was like, wow, I feel like teachers can have one of two responses like, oh, great. This is exciting. Or, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Yeah. No, I definitely felt like a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not someone who loves canned curriculum. Like I'm not, like I really, I'm not really that kind of teacher. I love to think outside the box. So that having the support to be able to do that, like fully think outside the box was definitely amazing and continues to be really great. But sometimes I do wish like I could have someone to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, to so totally. I mean, too. Yeah. I was, I was um, teaching when the next generation science standards had first started rolling out and mm -hmm. it was just like kind of a list of standards. Remember, I don't know if you were teaching the N NGSS, but it was right when it came out um, and there wasn't too much curriculum. And so, yeah, that was another one of those, the world is your oyster. Here's the standards, teach it <laughs> if you will. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Um, so basically when I had that conversation with the principal, I was like, oh, wow, okay. It seems like, you know, even based on my research, there wasn't too much curriculum, even, you know, there's no textbook, there's, there's a bunch of online resources, but there's nothing, you know, pen, paper, copy um, for computer science teachers to really have some sort of at least skeleton or basic curriculum that they could work and build off of. Mm -hmm. And this was all while I was, um, unemployed. And so I really, you know, spark happened in my brain. And I figured, you know, I have this background in curriculum development and design. I also have a blog full of coding tutorials. Let's see if I can take, you know, some of the content I've written and turn it into a, a workbook that really takes a teacher or a student or anyone who takes, you know, grabs a copy through the basics of building a website, just from start to finish of step-by-step step, what everything is, how do we put it together and produce some sort of website at the end of it. That's super cool. Thanks. Yeah. And it, it was, 
it really flowed super naturally. You know, when you're writing curriculum and it just starts flowing out of you and you're oh, like, yeah, oh, I call it my aha moment. Yeah. And it just one thing goes to the next and you're like, oh, this flows perfectly. I know what my end result is. I know what this website I want it to look like for the kids to create, you know, students will, my students will be able to was build, you know, X, Y, and Z website with X, Y, and Z features. And yeah, the curriculum just kind of started flowing out of me and it, it was one of those, yeah, aha, it was, it was great. And I, I was sketching it into a little grid notebook um, and I started building out some mock-ups of it. And that was, you know, that was kind of what happened. That's super cool. So how'd you get from there to actually having a physical book? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. So when I was, when I was building out the workbook, I one of the things that was really important to me because when I was teaching, I was working at a title one school and you know, the computers might not be super up to date Mm -hmm. if they have any, if they have any, or if people, you know, if the different, yeah, if they even turn on really. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my, my main point was I wanted to make sure that this could be a completely offline, no computer required, just a pencil type of workbook. And so it took a little extra time for me to figure out just exactly how I wanted to make this work because you can, you know, learn how to write, you can learn the terms, you can learn how to, you can read and kind of figure it out. But you, I wanted the learners to be able to actually draw out a website and write it out. And so I created this, a, a standard desktop is roughly, you know, 1080 by 720 pixels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I created this grid kind of like if you're graphing, you know, in a math class where learners could actually sketch out a website where every grid pixel or every grid square was 80 pixels. And so they could actually see and create exact measurements of a website on this grid. How interesting. Yeah. And so they can you know, if I say make a box that is 160 pixels by 320 pixels, they can literally graph it on the grid. And so it's, it's a way for them to actually make, like, put a pencil to paper and create the output of the code that they're writing. And so how I brought, how I went from this concept to having it be a physical book is I created, I want to say, 30 pages of the coding workbook in Canva. I just oh, made, nice. my own, yeah, I just, I made my own version of what I thought it would be. I wrote the content and I created the table of contents of what the rest of it could look like or what, you know, all the content that I wanted to create. And I did a lot of research on how to create um, a proposal or a pitch for a book. Mm-hmm. And so that took a few that took maybe a few weeks to kind of, you have to come up with the, the audience that you want, who are the competitors, what makes your workbook different, and, you know, just compile this whole report, basically. Yeah, and brace yourself for rejection. <laughs> or just ignored, getting yeah. completely yeah. ignored. Getting, like, getting put in the slush pile, as they yeah. say. Yeah, and so it was really just a matter of, you know, some people wanted hard copies mailed to them some people wanted it digitally sent and so it was also spending a few weeks 
sending out this manuscript slash project proposal to people in different companies. And, you know, after maybe a month or two of doing that, I got an email from No Starch Press, who happens to be my publisher, and they reached out and the owner emailed me and he said, you know, hey, Sam, got your proposal. This, this looks interesting. Let's talk. That's and awesome. At, yeah. And at that point, I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I, you know, how do I respond to this? I don't want to seem too eager, but I'm also <laughs> jumping for joy. <laughs> yeah. You got to write that email and then read it again and then erase all of the exclamation points. Yep. <laughs> and then just, like sit on it for a day yeah. and then send it to all if your someone friends. Someone else read it. Make sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yep, yep, you get it. And, uh, and the crazy thing was we, No Starch Press is located in San Francisco and I was living in San Francisco at the time. Yeah. And so I emailed back and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm glad you're interested in talking. Are you, I'm in San Francisco too. Do you want to just meet in person? And he said, yeah, come by the publishing house and let's talk. And it's so fun. Yeah, and the rest is really history. They had my manuscript when I got there. They plopped it on the table, and they said, this is interesting. And, you know, from then, we just kind of talked out a bunch of different things. Um, what we, we kind of talked about what the goal for the book was. I made sure to always emphasize throughout the process that I wanted it to be 100% offline. Mm-hmm. Because No Starch, really, they're, they're famous for all their computer science books and um a lot of them, you know, you also, they work really well in tandem with a computer. Oh, cool. This one, so this might yeah. have been a little different for them. Exactly. And so making sure that that was um, a feature that I wanted as part of the book um, was really fun to work with them to kind of, uh, they all were on board and it was, it was a really great experience. So would you say that your book would be for any age, adult, or children like anyone that's listening if they wanted to start learning how to code like it would be a great jumping off point yes definitely I think you know the goal the goal is for it to go to anyone who's interested in learning web development but they have no idea where to start what even languages do they need to use the what the title of the book is build a website with html and css so people know exactly what coding languages they will be using to execute what thing. That's so cool. I don't know if you can answer this, but do you have any plans to have similar books for other types of coding? Well, the coding workbook is, the goal is going to be um, to create a second, more advanced version of the coding workbook to start. Um, You know, really building off of basic Because when they complete the coding workbook, they have a website with, you know, a title, some text, an image, and they can learn how to move different things around on the screen and change the colors and stuff. But part two will be a little bit more advanced. Um, But, you know, I've I've always been interested in creating something for JavaScript. Oh, cool. Yeah. um, It's just kind of figuring out the right way to get it done, pencil and paper. Mm Mm-hmm. But I figure, I mean, I took calculus and I was writing like 40 lines of calculus, you know, to figure out an answer. And so, uh, you know, if it's possible to do that, then I, I'm sure it's possible to 
teach JavaScript or any coding language with just a, you know, pen and pencil or in paper. Yeah. I mean, when, when you're interested in it and you're enthusiastic about it, it's really like the possibilities are endless. Yeah, totally. That's super fun. Um, so let's change gears a little bit and, and talk about just computer science in general. Um, your book, it focuses on learning about computer science um, without actually being on a computer. So do you think that if there's teachers listening do you th- and they're interested in um, adding more CS and more coding into their classrooms, do you think that they are able to do that without computers? Oh, 100%. As I was writing the coding workbook, I made sure I kept a teacher in mind because I know for a fact that a lot of teachers that, you know, want to be a CS teacher or the the schools I interviewed at, the CS class or the computer science class was more of an elective taught by a teacher who wasn't a computer science teacher Mm -hmm. fully, right? It was like, you teach, you know, most of your science classes or your English classes, and then you have one elective where you're a computer science teacher. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that any teacher who took the coding workbook could use it as a resource, be able to teach themselves if they really wanted to, and use it as a resource without any prior knowledge of any computer science um, background or anything and use it in their classroom. That's awesome. And why, why would you recommend teachers teaching code even in CS, even if they're not super well versed in it? Why is it, why is there an important place for it in the classroom? I mean, I think knowing how to at least do the basics, it it opens up a world of possibilities. I think when people think of computer science, they think of just code, but there's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. There's art that relates to it. There's math, there's science in the coding workbook. There's Part of it is drawing and using art because they have to draw out these pictures that are included on their website. And, you know, especially in the future when students graduate and they go on to, you know, their careers, there's so many careers in the tech world that use or that are adjacent to coding. So, for example, you know, a user interface person or a a user experience job where people who have at least some background in coding can then use that to their advantage when they're building out what a website should look like or designing, you know, different features of a website. Mm -hmm. And I think it really has a nice through line for any career you'd want, you know, to take on in the future. It really sets students up for success, even if they have at least the fundamental knowledge, they don't need to be experts in it. But I think having some sense of basic coding skills is super important. And I'm even just thinking for just different projects, you could incorporate maybe instead of, um, I don't know, maybe instead of them having a poster or a slides presentation or something like that, as in the end all for the presentation or a project, why not build a website? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a great idea because there's so, yeah, there's so many ways you can use it. And if you're able to build a website to talk about, you know, cells and mitosis and create kind of a mitosis website or something, you know, yeah, that's a great idea. It, it can come in any, it can blend into any class. Yeah. And I think even 
um, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think even in your opinion, like would something like Google Sites be an okay starting off point if a teacher's like, I don't know how to build a website, but I do know that Google Sites allows students to build their own websites. So like maybe they could kind of start looking into that and, yeah. and starting as like a, a point where they can feel a little more comfortable and because you're still building the, um, you're using a template obviously and using like the Google program, but you're still building a site that someone else gets to view and like understanding yeah. the, the background of that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's also a great idea. I know that there's even possibilities for things like Google Sites or, you know, a WordPress site where you can kind of tinker with the CSS mm -hmm. in it to also kind of make mo like minor adjustments. And yeah, being able to use Google Sites or any sort of simple website building platform I think is great for students because then you get the ownership of creating something that looks great and you can is you're proud of it um, and it's just a little bit different than the typical posters that maybe you're used to yeah I'm dating myself when I say this but I remember being in like middle school having my myspace page <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah, like I had that too but like, don't, do you ever remember doing the code on MySpace? Like when I wanted to insert my like picture carousel yeah. or whatever it was that I was like obnoxious. Change the mouse. If you were like, I was like, looking back, I was like, oh my God, I was coding and I didn't even realize it. I just was figuring it out as I went along. And sometimes I'm like, oh man, you know what, MySpace, come back and do some CS for <laughs> for some I know, they should start their own master class right there you go <laughs> but it's it was like something that I didn't even realize I was doing and, yeah. and I think it kind of just speaks to students in general that if they're interested in mm -hmm. something yeah then they're going to try and learn and just figure it out yeah like I saw my friends cool myspace pages and I was like well, wait a minute I need to be able to do that too. So I taught myself how to code to like, you know, I was using the MySpace templates or whatever, but still you're, you're looking at the actual inside of the website and you're typing in what needs to be said in order yeah. to have whatever it is that you want to display. Like it's kind of cool thinking about it. Yeah. You're like copying, you're like bringing in different snippets and features and like pasting them in the code and then tweaking the colors and yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's incredible what, especially when people and students in particular are doing it to create something that's personal to them and customized to them specifically. I think it, it t allows them to really get that ownership and makes them really excited to create something, which, yeah, I mean, MySpace, I, I spent plenty of time tweaking <laughs> MySpace too, so I totally feel you. <laughs> Yep, I know. I think we all did. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So why is it that you love to code? Like what what makes your heart happy when you're coding? Um or honestly, anything with CS. Yeah, I I love being able to build things and see how you know the behind the scenes of what's going on and so if there's different personal projects that I'm working on and I'm trying to build a website for it I I love being able to problem solve and kind of figure out okay what does this look like on a desktop what does this look like on my phone and how do I make sure that 
Um, it looks good in both places. And so not just figuring out logistically how to make those changes, but also what does it look like and kind of figuring out the design aspect of it. So I love that when you're coding, you kind of, if, I mean, for websites and web development, at least you get to kind of deal with both design and coding and it makes it fun. It makes it kind of a, you get to figure it out, but also make things look nice. And that's great. Yeah. That is really cool. You're like combining so many different skills into one. Yeah. And I think that's the exciting part about CS is that it's not just coding. It's so many other things. It's logic, it's design, it's art, it's, you know, it's even psychology, you know, people, I know that there's people that are getting these degrees in human-centered design nowadays, which is like the psychology of the user experience for websites. And oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I saw someone graduating from my, where I got my undergrad in, with that degree. And I was like, I don't remember that way back in my day, but I guess it's a thing now. But it makes perfect sense though. Yeah, if you want does. the people to come back. You want them to have a great experience and yeah. you want it to be enticing so that mm -hmm. they start clicking around. You know? Yeah. So CS is everywhere. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> um, if you could code anything, like, I mean, literally anything, website, Christmas, dancing Christmas tree lights, <laughs> car technology, um, life-saving drones, whatever it is. Anything at all, you have all the money in the world to do it. Oh my God. What would be your dream project? What do you think? My, okay, so I've actually been thinking about this for a while, and I think my dream project would have to be something relating to kind of creating a lower barrier to entry version of Donors Choose or GoFundMe, specifically for teachers and more specifically for getting different technologies into their classrooms, especially for. Uh, teachers who don't have access mm -hmm. to really any technology or, you know, Wi-Fi or internet. And I think, because um, right now I, I'm, I love donors choose and, you know, just different crowdsourcing platforms, but I do feel like sometimes it is um, a higher barrier to entry for teachers to get mm -hmm. the supplies and all the stuff they need, you know? Yeah. I, I remember having to do that when I was, when I was a teacher and it can be a little bit intimidating yeah I did it it was super stressful <laughs> I was like please please can someone fund this yeah. I have to it was required my principal at the time um required it of us and I was also like getting married at the time and I was like I literally cannot ask people for money yeah <laughs> like, no I, I so know stressful yeah and there's a lot that gets put on teachers you know yeah it, and it's not fair and I think um the the goal would be I, I think I've built or now that I'm in the tech world I feel like I have um, an, a nice group of people that can support these sorts of ventures which is cool I think teachers asking other teachers to support you know their GoFundMe's that's you know my network when I was a teacher was just other teachers mm -hmm. and it's hard to be like hey other teachers can you help support yeah and so I think um, really trying to make a point of getting it to the right people is something that I would definitely be interested in creating. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even just what you just said, 
it's come down to teachers having to ask other teachers for the support and I mean, we could have a whole pod. We could have a whole oh, totally. podcast, let alone episode. We could just like start our own podcast with yeah. a series of um, that yeah. whole. Yeah, it's a never-ending cycle. Yeah, it's never-ending cycle, and you know the teachers are so supportive of each other. But I love what you're saying. There is so much going on in the tech worlds, and and I think. Just everyone that I've ever spoken to, um, small tech, large tech, small business, large businesses, just people in general, they want to see students have access to what they need because moving forward, eventually those students are going to be the workforce. So if they're not prepared, if they don't have the skills needed in order to be able to apply for the jobs and to get the jobs, then I mean, the cycle ends. Right. So everyone, I I would think that everyone would want to be on board with trying to support your idea um, because it's just, it's so needed. Yeah. And I think a lot of tech people just don't have insight into how, you know, there's always the want, I'm sure I know people that are like interested in helping, but if you don't know a teacher specifically, um, it's really hard to find initiatives mm-hmm. and different ways to support teachers. And so making that super easy to navigate is, um, that's been on my mind a lot. And so maybe, you know, in the future, it'll be something I work to build out. But um, that's cool. And even yeah. just like a lot of the tech companies, at least um, I'm in Massachusetts. So we have a lot of companies around. Um, I've noticed that there's more and more outreach um, where they um, have their employees have a, like a certain amount of volunteer days or whatever, mm-hmm. where they go into classrooms. Obviously it's not really happening right now, mm-hmm. but they have like their own corporate curriculum for, mm-hmm. um, for when they go and uh, present and work with students. Um, and I, I just love that. I love seeing it because nothing's yeah. more exciting than having um, people like that come into the schools. And oh, yeah work one-on-one or in groups with the kids Mm -hmm. yeah they love that so if anyone's listening from the tech Mm -hmm. world yeah you need to have some curriculum written (laughs) we're here for you (laughs) yes we are um all right sam this has been fabulous and i would love everyone that's listening to be able to reach out to you and and find you on social media so want to share how to connect yeah, sure. You can find me on Instagram at samtaylor.css and on Twitter at samtaylor underscore CSS. And uh, you can find the coding workbook really anywhere books are sold. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, uh, Penguin Random House's website. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much the ways you can connect with me. Feel free to message me and say hi. That's awesome. And if people have questions about coding or anything like that, yeah. you can reach out to you. Oh yeah, totally. Awesome. That's so great. This has been really awesome, Sam. I'm so glad that you reached out to me. And I know it's been a little while since you originally reached out because, you know, all of all of 2020 and, you know, yeah. just the holidays and everything that's happening. Yeah. But I'm so glad we finally got to connect. Yeah, I'm so thanks. excited for everyone to hear this episode and, and get amped about coding and, <laughs> um, and excited to bring it into their lives. 
Um, and I hope that if you do pick up the coding workbook, um, reach out to Sam and let them let her know that you have it. And yeah. um, and I think that would be super fun for everyone. Yeah, I'll post your I'll post your pictures. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of it. And if you want to connect with me, um, I am on Twitter at steamupthecLSRM. Instagram is steamuptheclassroom, and you can head to steamuptheclassroom.com for more info. Thanks so much, Sam. I'm so glad that we connected. Yeah, thank you.